Hello and welcome to the MGMA Insider Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. I'm joined today by Nate Moore, founder and principal of Moore Solutions. Many of you may also know him as the Data Guy. In this episode, Nate tells us about the importance of data when analyzing patient access gaps, and he takes deep dives into time to third and no-shows. And you can hear Nate speak April 14th through 16th in Austin, Texas at MGMA's The Operation Conference. And you can also catch him at the upcoming The Data Conference. That show will be May 16th through 18th in Orlando. Nate, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. Thanks, Daniel. It's always good to be with you. Before we get started on the questions, tell our audience a little bit about your background in healthcare and medical practices. Thanks, Daniel. For those of you that have not heard me speak at MGMA events, I am the data guy. I'm a CPA, an MBA. I have, I'm a fellow in the American College of Medical Practice Executives. Uh, I've run a uh, radiation cancer group for uh, a bunch of years and got frustrated that there was data out there in my system and I couldn't get at it and the practice management system knew more than it was telling. So I really started getting into the, the, the numbers and the data to try to get to the factors that drive a medical practice. And so I've been out speaking for MGMA and for other national groups for the last, oh, 10 years or so about how to use your data and how to take advantage and make decisions based on data in medical practice. Talking about data, in a recent MGMA stat poll, we found that only 20% of organizations surveyed are highly satisfied with their patient access process. And I wanted to ask you a few questions about patient access. So first off, what are some of the main stumbling blocks that medical practices have with patient access? Patient access is a trick because there's, there's a couple of moving pieces to it. The first piece is the, the providers. I'm, as part of MGMA stat survey, they said, you know, you could comment on it after. Most of the stat questions are just, you know, answer, you know, ABC, one, two, three kind of thing. But this one lets you put uh, some comments in. And some of the comments were very telling. Um, one of the comments was physicians are allowed to change schedules too frequently and with very little advance notice. Another one said, we could always do better, but some of the providers have too much say about their schedule. And so I think the first challenge, Daniel, is, is the culture around who has control of the schedule and how often can we change this template? And are we going to be open on weekends and Saturdays? And are we going to, you know, are we, have we got providers that will meet patient access needs? That's the first challenge. And then you've got a challenge around technology and trying to make sure that your, your patient portal and the, the, the ways your patients can interact with your practice work. I mean, some of the other comments from MGMA stat about portals were, they were really, really frustrating. People were embarrassed by their portal. And one of them said, my patient portal is terrible. And so trying to marry the technology with the culture around who has control of the schedule and how are we going to meet patient access needs makes patient access a tricky problem. So you got stumbling blocks around technology and you got stumbling blocks around providers and culture and how are we going to respond to patient needs. It's a, it's a mind shift from something like retail where we're going to be open anytime a patient's going to come to the medical practice where, you know, hey, we're there eight to five and you'll wait to get in kind of thing. Now, Nate, you've been kind enough to write articles from time to time for MGMA.com. You wrote a, a data story on patient access, and in that article, you wrote about 
a couple of interesting concepts, time to third and days to schedule. And I wanted you to tell our audience what you mean by those concepts and what our audience can do to implement them into their practice. Absolutely. There's, so when we're talking about patient access and you're talking to the data guy, there's got to be a way to measure this, right? And so here's two different ways you might think about starting to measure patient access in your practice. The first one's called time to third. It's been around for a long time. And what practices will do is they will try to figure out when the third next available appointment is for a given provider. And the reason they do the third next available, Daniel, is they're trying to smooth out some of the noise in the data. If there happens to be a cancellation or two that's right close and makes it look like the provider's available tomorrow, but they're really not available for three or four or five weeks, what the third next available does is it takes the third next open appointment on the schedule and it tracks that to try to say, all right, how hard is it to get in to see this provider? And then what folks will do is they'll say, well, what about if it's a new patient or what if it's an established patient? And so some of the groups I work with will track two third next available numbers, the third next available for a new patient and the third next available for an established patient visit to try to get a sense for how hard is it for an established patient to get in and see a provider or, or a new patient to get in to see a provider. And then the thing about time to third is I, I work with an orthopedic group who measures this. And what they used to do is they used to pay somebody to come in 45 minutes early every day and try to make an appointment with their dummy Mickey Mouse patient with every provider and for a new patient, every provider for an established. And then they'd like manually count the days, Daniel, to figure out, okay, is that, wait a minute, that's, you know, that's a weekend. I can't count that. And I didn't count this day, but I should count that. And they're trying to do this manual process. And it was just a nightmare. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Your system knows all this stuff. Your system knows when the third next available appointment is. What we need to do is teach SQL Server to go out and do the math, crunch the numbers and store it for you. Because really the, th the thing about time to third is you want to trend this thing. I mean, if it used to be 15 days, say a year ago, is it 18 days now or is it 13 days now? Is it getting better or worse? And then what I've seen groups do is measure time to third by subspecialty. Again, the orthopedic group. If, is, it, is it getting harder to see a hand doc or a sport doc? Or is it getting harder to see a spine or a joint doc? And so they'll split up their providers into teams or groups, and they'll look at those teams for new and established patients, and it gives them a sense for, is patient access getting better or worse in my practice? Let me talk a bit about days to schedule, and then let's compare the two. So time to third is, I'm going to go find the third next available appointment and store it, hopefully automatically, and then trend that over time. What days to schedule does is rather than take one appointment a day and say, when's the third next available appointment for today? When's the third next available appointment tomorrow? What days to schedule does is it looks at every appointment in the system. And it says, okay, the practice management system will store the date the appointment was created in the system. And it stores, obviously, the date of the appointment. And so what you can do is you can do the math or count the number of days between the date the appointment was created and the date of the appointment to try to get a broad sense of how long does it take to schedule appointments and patients in my practice. Now, there's some pros and cons to both. One of the advantages of days to thirds, it kind of gives you one number that you can trend over time, and you're not messed up, if you will, with, hey, this patient, you know, their day off is Tuesday, and we happen to have three Tuesdays booked in a row, or this patient could only come in on this certain schedule, and it made it harder to get in, or whatever. What the third next available does is it says, hey, I'm going to count that time to third, and that's my number. I've got a number for every day, and I can trend it. The disadvantage is that you really can't go back to 2018 and try to figure out what was the time to third next available appointment in July, say. 
because there's so many appointments and changes that have moved since that day that if you decide you want to start tracking time to third, you've really got to start tracking it now and look forward. You can't go back and calculate it historically. Now, on the other hand, days to schedule, you can go back and get historical data because 2018, 2016, 20, however far back you want to go, appointments are all going to have a create date and they're all going to have the date of the appointment. And you can do the math in there and say, all right, here's the number of days that it took to schedule for 2016, 17, 18 appointments. So you can get historical data. The other thing you can do with the days to schedule, the historical, how long does it take to schedule every appointment in my, in my entire PM system will do is it'll let you say, well, what if it's a Medicare patient? Well, what if it's a patient that um, is in this, maybe this zip code is only going to go to this um, location, the far furthest west location, say. Or what if I want to see a patient with these specific characteristics and how long does it take them to get in? You can get that kind of information and that more granular data from a days to schedule approach as opposed to time to third, because time to third is a prospective, I'm going to start storing it today and looking forward approach, one, one maybe two appointments a day, maybe a new appointment and the days to third for an established patient, and that's all you're going to store. So days to schedule can give you a lot more data points. And, and, and what I've seen practices do is I say, well, what should I do? Now, should I do one or the other? And I say, if you can do both, sometimes it's helpful to see both to see some trends and understand, hey, if I'm going to hire an orthopedic surgeon, do I want a hand guy or am I looking for you know, a sport doc or what am I looking for? Where's my, where's my access changing? And I think the other thing you want to do once you've got these metrics, Daniel, is you want to compare yourself to your market. I was in a conference last year and somebody said, you know, we can get away with four, five, six months days to schedule because we're a couple hours away from any of our competing practices that are in this specialty. And, and to get to there, most people won't go that far. And another, another one said, well, you know, I'm in a university setting and the university is six to nine months out. And so if we're three months out, you know, we're, we're a bargain. Everybody's ecstatic. So it's really a market specific thing. I can't tell you, hey, if my days to 30 is three or 30, if that's good or bad. It really depends upon your specialty and your market and your environment as you try to look at these measures. Long answer to a short question, but that's what I'd think about when I'm trying to measure patient access. Two other concepts or ideas that you talked about in your article were no-shows and cancellations. Those are two things that can really disrupt a medical practice. So what can a practice do to become more efficient in those areas? You know, the data guy's going to tell you to track it first, Daniel. You've got to know, is it, you know, what's my no-show rate? Is it 3%? Is it 5%? Is it 12%? And, and again, can I trend that over time? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? And if, if I'm going to implement something like um, MGMA stat did another poll and said, what are you doing to deal with no-shows? And the number one answer far and away was multiple methods, not just one thing to say, hey, we're going to send a text message or a phone call or an email reminder or whatever. Folks were using multiple methods. And I think what you want to do is use your data to say, okay, we implemented a different text messaging remi reminder system. Or we in implemented this no-show policy that says we're going to charge for no-shows. Whatever we did, I would want to look at the data and say, all right, it used to be 6% and now it's 7%. It got worse. It was 6%. Now it's 4%. It's getting better. And so the first thing I think you want to do around no-shows is you want to track that data and then implement some of the things that we talked about, whether that's, you know, emails or text reminders or whatever. Maybe it's a no-show policy. And again, that's a very cultural thing in your market because well, your providers let you charge for no-shows. And, and think about that and get some data around it. And then I think you want to do the same thing with appointment cancellations. 
And I think, again, based on your practice, sometimes a cancellation within 24 hours is pretty much a no-show. But are there things you can do? Can you manage a wait list or whatever so that cancellation within 24 hours or 48 hours or 72 hours is not a no-show, but it's an opportunity to see another patient? And then once you have some of that data, then you can say, well, this is what we're looking at. Maybe, you know, and we're seeing more no-shows on Monday mornings or Friday afternoons or whatever. And it's this provider, it's this location. Then maybe we double book or we we change our appointment templates to make the providers more efficient. Because what you don't want to do is have your most, you know, your most valuable resource in a medical practice from a time perspective, have those providers, you know, sitting through the thumbs when, with a bit better scheduling, reminder system and data and whatever, that you can reduce no-shows and deal with appointment cancellations a lot more effectively. Any final thoughts you might have on uh, patient access, things that medical practices can do to improve those efficiencies or to just uh, not be scared of the data and the tracking because you, you're you a self-proclaimed data guy. Uh, what about for these people out here who may not be as data proficient as you are? What, what shortcuts can they take to help improve their processes? Let me throw two ideas at you. One more idea of something to track. And then the second one, how to start tracking data, how to, how to get your feet wet, how to get started. One more piece of information you might think about tracking, and this one's hard too. Another MGMA stat poll came out, and about half the people didn't have a way or weren't currently you know, tracking this metric. But the, the metric is appointments that go unfilled, unsold, if you will. And so what you, what you ought to think about tracking is, okay, for the last month or two months or, or however far back you can go, how many appointments did we have on the schedule that it wasn't a no-show, Daniel, it wasn't a cancellation, it was never filled in the first place. And so, you know, we're a lot like the airline industry. Once that plane's in the air, you know, the empty seat's unsold and it's, it's gone, that opportunity to sell the seat's gone for good. And so you might think about trying to find a way in your system to track unsold appointments and say, all right, I want to know how many appointments by location, by provider, by day, by time of day, by type of appointment. Sometimes folks get so picky with their template that they're looking for a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, you know, BMI between 20.4 and 20.45, and that's the kind of patient I want to see in this slot. And, it's, and they're so picky in particular that the slot goes unfilled, where if we're a little more flexible around our schedule, we can be more efficient with the schedule. So idea, one more thing to track is, Think about tracking unsold appointments. And when the plane's taken off empty and we're not filling those seats, look at that and say, make sure we're not roping off seats and we're making it too hard to fill those seats and we're never going to fill them. We want to fill as many seats as we can on that airplane to be profitable. And then for folks trying to get started on the data, I think start small. Don't try to run the marathon. Crawl. Grab one set of data that matters to your practice. And, and especially data that you can get out of your PM system. If it's hard or if you're going to need IT help to get that data, set that aside. Maybe that's phase two or three. Phase one is to get data you can access. Maybe it's no-show data or appointment cancellations. Maybe you, there's a way your system will track third next available. Or maybe you can get somebody to help you get the SQL data out. Now you got SQL Server data that tells you your um, days to schedule, and you can start to do some calculations. There's a terrific tool in Excel called Pivot Tables. If you haven't played with Pivot Tables, you ought to learn Pivot Tables. Because if you've got a ton of data, there's no better way to slice and dice and understand trends in your practice. And that's where I'd start. I'd start small with one piece of data, learn pivot tables, learn a tool to analyze that, get a couple of insights, act on those insights, see a change in your practice, and let it roll from there. 
Well, Nate, that, those are wonderful insights, and thanks so much for joining us today. Daniel, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks again to Nate Moore for joining the podcast today. You can hear Nate speak live at the Operations Conference. That'll be April 14th through 16th in Austin, Texas. And he'll also be at the Data Conference. That'll be May 16th through 18th in Orlando. To learn more about our events and how to register, go to mgma.com events. Thanks again for being an MGMA Insider. I'm Daniel Williams.